So we're going to go now to uh, another in the Water household. Paul is going to bring a Bible reading this morning from Hosea chapter 11. Over to Paul. This morning's reading is from Hosea chapter 11, verses 1 to 11. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more they were called, the more they went away from me. They sacrificed to Baals and they burned incense to images. It was I who told Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms, but they did not realise it was I who healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with ties of love. To them, I was like one who lifts a child to their cheek. And I bent down to feed them. Will they not return to Egypt? And will not Assyria rule over them because they refuse to repent? A sword will flash in their cities. It will devour their false prophets and put an end to their plans. My people are determined to turn from me, even though they call me God Most High. I will by no means exalt them. How can I give up Ephraim? How can I hand you over Israel? How can I treat you like Adama? How can I make you like Zeboim? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fierce anger, nor will I devastate Ephraim again. For I am God, not a man, the Holy One among you. I will not come against their cities. They will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. When he roars, his children will come from come trembling from the west. They will come from Egypt trembling like sparrows, from Assyria, fluttering like doves. I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. Well, we're thinking about Hosea on this Valentine's Day, and I want to think about Valentine's in the sense of God's love for us. Um, but I want to begin uh, with this story. It's a true story about a husband and wife who were waking up in the morning and they were arguing about who's going to get out of bed and get coffee. And uh, and uh, the, the, the husband said, no, it, it's your responsibility. And, and the wife was really fed up with this. And and she said, no, 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 it's in the Bible. It's your responsibility as the husband. And so uh, he said, well, well, how on earth do you know that? Prove it to me. And well, well, she said it's in the Bible. So she took the Bible and then she found the book of the Bible and said, Hebrews, it's commanded that uh, it's your responsibility to Hebrew. So uh, there you have it. Um, and on this uh, Valentine's Day, um, in a usual kind of non-COVID setting, do you know that there's about a billion dollars spent on chocolates on Valentine's 
day. And there's another billion spent on Valentine cards. And there's about $218 million spent on red roses. And, and I hope if you have a Valentine, you're part of that. Um, and it's important, isn't it? It's a way of demonstrating uh, your love and your romantic love even. Um, and I want us to think about the three R's this morning. I want us to think about rejection, relentlessness and uh, renewal. So let's go to Hosea um, chapter 11, which Paul read to us earlier on. And it's a beautiful passage that talks about Hosea, who is um, hunting, desiring the wife who has left him. I doubt there's anyone here who's, who is listening who has not faced some kind of rejection in your life. Do you remember being at school, wherever you were brought up, wherever in the world, where you had team games and they would pull out two captains and it might be for football or whatever sport it might be, and they had to choose two teams, you know, and you ended up, you know, you were nervous because they, you're the last one they're choosing because they didn't want you on their team. And we can feel like a snub or a rejection. Oh, we don't want Terry because he's no good at netball or whatever. Um, but nowadays we can feel snubbed, even on social media, whether it be, uh, you know, Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or wherever it is. Um, and we can feel a rejection and it, it cascades emotions through us and it has cognitive consequences to way we think and uh, researchers have found that social rejection increases anger in our relationships it increases anxiety it brings on depression jealousy um, and sadness and this is what rejection and i think we've all experienced that in one way or another uh, uh, whether it be recently or many years ago. But uh, if I took you back to your school gym and the smell of that gym, those emotions would come flooding back perhaps to you. And when we are rejected, our, our performance intellectually um, really is affected and we can become a lot more aggressive as individuals. We have poor impulse control. And the book of Hosea is a testimony of love reaching out beyond rejection from the prophet's love for Goma, his wife. And it was the uh, and God called Homer, uh, Hosea to love his adulterous wife. Um, and God's self-expression of love is found in this chapter. Just just let me read from verses one following. When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. But the more I called Israel, the further they went from me. Um, and it goes in verse three. It was I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them by the arms. But they did not realize it was I who healed them. You really get the sense of the tenderness, the sensitivity of the love of God. And, and this is a parody of God's love with his children Israel and also us in this generation 
of where God has created us, has nurtured and guided us. And there may be moments in our lives, and that might be true for us right now, where we're far from God. Rejection, when one loves the other, is such a difficult emotion to come to terms with. And you might be saying, well, well, what's wrong with me? How can I get this right? And maybe um, you need to read a bit of Hosea and understand God's immense rejection overcoming love for you and sometimes we do the Frank Sinatra I did it my way not God's way and this really is a story about coming back to God and um, today you might be feeling uh, broken by the rejection of others you might be feeling very sad and this day perhaps is a very hard day for you well if it is well, we're sending our love to you. We're reminding you of the God who is there with you. I want to read from uh, Matthew chapter 15, sorry, chapter 12 and um, verse 15. And it talks about um, Jesus as God's servant. Um, and he says, Jesus withdrew from that place. Many followed him and he healed all their sick, warning them not to tell who he was. At that time, he didn't want it disclosed. They were, they were to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I've chosen, the one whom I love, in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will proclaim justice to the nations. He will not quarrel or cry out. No one will hear his voice in the streets. Now listen to this. This is what they say about Jesus. A bruised reed he will not break. A smouldering wick he will not snuff out till he leads justice to victory in his name the nations will put their hope. A bruised reed he will not break. This is the beautiful love of the Lord Jesus Christ, the God who made us. And it's really important if we're discovering or seeking or questing for God's love, this is telling us about his character, that he's a God who will not just be fickle. He will care for the broken. It's unconditional love and acceptance. So facing rejection, we've looked at. Secondly, we're looking in verses uh, eight to nine of God's relentless love. Let me read to you verse eight to nine. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, Israel? How can I treat you like Adma? How can I make you like Zeboim? My heart is changed within me. All my compassion is aroused. I will not carry out my fist anger, nor will I turn and devastate Ephraim. For I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. I will not come in wrath. And God reveals the struggle of justice going on in his own heart, that the people deserve God's wrath, but he's going to give them mercy. God's love is persistent. His persistent love in dealing with not only the children of Israel, with us. And the book of Hosea is one that finds that notion that of that relationship is built on God's love and God's love for you, my friends. It will hunt you down. It will seek you. 
But God is a gentleman. He will never barge into your life. It is you who have to open the door of your heart and your life. God is not stalking us. And really, this story of Hosea is very similar to the New Testament parable Jesus told of the parable of the prodigal well, it's sons. It's both the sons were prodigal, but the, the, the one who went away. And the father who's watching, he's longing for the estranged son to come back. And that's a, it's just a gorgeous story reflecting God's love that he's watching out on the front porch, looking for that estranged son to come back. And of course, he does come back. And this, this uh, leader of that farm, that household, in that story, picks up his robe and runs to the son, runs to him. And that is so indignant of the esteem. You'd never see the queen run to you, but this is God who runs to us. He learn, uh, yearns to heal and restore us. He knows and understands how we feel. And we need to give him those feelings where we're uncertain of his love and bring it to him in prayer. So God loves us relentlessly. So we've got rejection and God's love is relentless. Thirdly and finally, God is renewing us, renew our passion for him. Verse 10, they will follow the Lord. He will roar like a lion. And when he roars, his children will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt, like doves from Assyria. I will settle them in their homes, declares the Lord. You may not have spent a billion dollars on chocolate for your Valentine. But know today that God has demonstrated his, his love for us by sending his Valentine. In Romans 5 verse 8. Paul talks about that God demonstrates his love, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for you and me. He died for your neighbour. He died for the neighbours across the globe that we don't know, but he died for them. And as Darren said in his interview, God loves the eight billion across this planet. And the separation we've been experiencing recently because of the pandemic has left us disengaged, not only sometimes with one another. Perhaps some of you are feeling a bit disengaged with God. Perhaps you're feeling really angry. Then I want to encourage you to bring that anger, that frustration, that weariness to God in prayer. Tell him how you feel. God's big enough to take it. I love the way. Hosea describes God as a roaring lion. And of course, it reminds me of C.S. Lewis's Narnia series of the lion in that story, Aslan, is God. And the roaring lion is very protective of those children. And in fact, gives his life up for the children to defeat the evil witch. And he's resurrected and roars once more. This is the God we worship. God roars to call you home and to call those you care for who perhaps are far off. Perhaps like you have got children or grandchildren who do not know the love of Christ. God is roaring for them. 
and we'll, will we come and follow him? There's a lovely story um, in um, Matthew uh, 26 where Jesus is in Bethany and um, in verse 6 he's anointed uh, by Mary Magdalene and um, I don't know if any of you have bought any perfume for your spouse, your female spouse, um, as part of um, Valentine's Day. But you know, the most expensive perfume I've come across is by Clive Christian's number one Imperial Majesty. I did think about getting it for Kate, I've got to be honest, but it was when I saw that it was £2,000 for 100 millilitres of perfume, I kind of, my love got a bit cold at that point. It had diamond encrusted and studded bottle. It was amazing, it's the most expensive perfume in the world. Well, the reason I mention that is Mary had this alabaster jar of perfume. She was in the company of Jesus who was dining with Simon the leper who was healed and restored. And this jar is a long jar and you have to break the top of the glass and then you pour it out. It's incredibly expensive, just like this Clive Christian's number one Imperial Majesty. And she pours it delicately on the head of Jesus and on, on his body and on his feet. With reckless abandon, she pours this incredibly expensive perfume on Jesus. And the disciples are aghast. Why waste this expensive perfume? But of course, she was a prostitute and Jesus had forgiven her, had restored her. And this was her worship. This was her love. She was forgiven. She was accepted. She was renewed. It was her extravagant love that led her to do that extraordinary act and so i want to encourage you to think about what is jesus worth to you and me what will we give of ourselves at the feet of jesus experiencing god's love we discover it in many ways we discover it through his word the bible that feeds our soul we need to be regular in reading and allowing the word of God to soak from our minds to our hearts. But Darren said something really powerful. In our tradition in the Baptist Church, sometimes we're not very good at being what's called contemplatives. And he talked about kneeling or sitting and just, just almost like in front of a kind of heater, allowing the love of God to just come to him, to feel that presence and friends you might not feel that right now but the discipline of coming before God in prayer not just as a shopping list but just in his presence it's wonderful when you see those older couples in marriage who can just sit together and they're holding their hands they've been married like 50 60 years and they don't need to say anything they just bask in their love for one another and this is the love I'm talking about from God that we need to discover that afresh. By his grace, he will give you that desire to love him back fully. And maybe you've been grown up obligated going to church and it's a religious chore and it's a sacrifice. 
But this is not the love that, that the Bible talks about. God wants our church experience to be a fellowship with other believers, a collective worship that is just delightful, is joyful. And once we yield ourselves to God, he, he leads us in power and ability and strength and he keeps us in tune. And God allows us to experience his love in small gestures and grand experiences there used to there was a, a soul group called the Spinners. For those of you who are older, can remember from the United States, and they gave an R and B hit called "Mighty Love." Keep on loving, you'll soon discover mighty love. We love God because He first loved us. So, friends, if you're feeling rejected, come to the God who was rejected who demonstrated his full love for us. It was relentless for us. And thirdly, we need to renew our hearts in that love that we might love others. We need to people who are becoming in the image of Christ. We need to have a vision for our lives that is beyond us and our own needs, but is for God and for other people. I want you to invite, I want to invite you to pray with me now. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, draw near to each one of us now. Come, heal us of our hurts, our disappointments. Come, overcome our fears, whether they're imagined or real. Be our strength, be our tower. Lord Jesus, forgive the grudges we hold. Forgive the times when we've rejected you. Lord, forgive us when we've wasted hours on social media and yet one hour in worship seems too long, that we've neglected our relationship with you. Lord, today may today be a new beginning, a new relationship with you, King Jesus. Fill our hearts anew where we say yes to you being Lord, yes to being king, yes to forgiving our sins, yes to offering us everlasting life, yes to the Holy Spirit. Help us to read the Bible regularly. Help us to feed our soul. Help us to listen to you as well as talk to you. Show us how to love the unlovely the least and the lost, the enslaved and broken. Today, Lord, is a new day, and with you we can know tomorrow's, all our tomorrows are secure in your love. Amen.